You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hi, I'm Kara Riska, life coach, wife, and the mother of four incredible and unique kids. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I completely lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving. And you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and grace that once felt so completely lacking. I started the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves up against what feels impossible. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle the dreams that you hold impossible now. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you're a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello, and welcome back to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. Or if you're new around here, welcome to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. As hopefully you heard in the intro, this is a place of connection. This is hopefully also a place of inspiration conversations that will push you and maybe inspire you to go further than you've gone before in believing what's possible. I think this episode is definitely going to do that. I know I thoroughly enjoyed not just the conversation with Robin, who was our guest, but I enjoyed the connection. And so My hope is that you feel equally connected to Robin and myself as you listen into our conversation. 
Before I fully introduce Robin, I want to make sure you know about the Own Your Story workshop that is coming up as a real live event that I'm hosting on, and when I say live, I mean live virtual. So no matter where you are in the world, you are eligible. So it's going to be July 31st. It is 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 12 p.m. So it's long enough where there's a lot of value and content and connection and community, but short enough that you can you can work it in. You can find a way. All the details, there's a lot of details, and I really want you to read through like what it's really about. I think in summary, in my short little blurb is to the degree that you own what's happened in your life, like the actual facts and figures, if you will, you own them and interpret them in a way that you like will be to the degree that you feel powerful and love your life. And so the reason storytelling for you, for this audience, is because a lot of us are holding stories that are not very empowering. We feel like the victim of our own life and like something's happened to us and therefore enter in like a sad future. And so I'm bringing in Katie Caseda, who is, this is her work is story crafting and storytelling. And she will teach us in a very fun way. This is not boring. We do not do boring things. At the Special Needs Mom podcast. We do fun and connecting things with purpose. And so I really urge you to look into the details and to sign up. You'll see actually on the link, I am offering a complimentary one-on-one coaching session for anybody that signs up before this Friday. Now, if you're listening to this podcast live, you're in good shape. You might have already missed it, but I do actually have other bonuses that I'm going to be putting in there. So go check out the link. All of it will be there. It's all there. I even have a Q&A section. So if you have questions, hopefully it will be answered. And you know how to reach me if you have any questions personally. It's going to be small. It's going to only be 25 women. And so the level of connection that we're going to have is going to be high. And I also have a, a group, a private group I'm doing just for the workshop people. So it's not just the three-hour connection. There's going to be much, much more. And so you want to be there. Let me now tell you more about Robin. Robin was introduced to me by a fellow Robin, press guest of this podcast. Shout out to Robin Cortez. She basically was like, hey, I want, I want you to know her and I want her on the podcast. And I'm very thankful that Robin Gray Gitsky agreed to be a guest. Because as soon as I was introduced to her, I started following her on Instagram and I instantly fell in love. And I really, really have enjoyed watching her in the way that she shows up online. And anybody that shows up online knows that it's not always easy. It's not always love and roses that come back to you. Sometimes it's not easy. And I know that she's encountered that. And yet she still shows up with such grace and light. And is just really bringing a beautiful conversation to us 
special needs moms, to us fellow special needs moms. So she is an advocating special needs mom of two. She's got a two and a half year old and a four month old. She's a nutritionist and a recipe developer and an advanced Reiki master teacher. Her journey of being a special needs mom began with her daughter Luna's diagnosis of hydrocephalus and cystic encephalomalacia seizures at three months old. Her journey is full of heartache, but it's also full of light. It includes the medical system failing her in a frantic fight to find a surgeon to save her daughter's life. You're going to hear all about it in the episode. And what I want you to know about Robin is that she shares authentically her journey. I know a lot of moms actually have reached out saying, I don't want just the pretty pictures. I don't want just the happy end story. I want to hear everything. And Robin shares this beautifully. And in a way that's actually very inspiring to me. And so her life's work, her soul's mission now is to be her daughter's voice, to advocate for her, to help her heal, recover, and rehabilitate. She didn't say this, but my hunch is, is that also part of her soul's mission is to inspire other mothers to do the same. And so I hope that you leave this episode feeling inspired to lean into your intuition and to explore what's more for you as you are the mother of a special needs child. Let's get into the episode. Robin, I was so thrilled when a mutual acquaintance, Robin also, uh, connected us and she turned me on to, to who you are on Instagram and uh, I was just thrilled to see you and the the light and the energy that, that you bring to that app and also to the world. And I'm glad to be here with you today. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet of you. I'm happy to be here with you as well. So let's share a little bit more thoroughly uh, than your intro provided. And why don't you just give a little picture of yourself as a mom? And then, of course, give us a quick snapshot of what your life as a special needs mom looks like. Sure. So I think of myself as just being an average everyday mom. Some of the things I do are a little bit different than the average mom, but for me, it's the only momhood that I know. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom and I have two littles. I have a two and a half year old and a four month old. Um, I'm saying I'm um, a lot. <laughs> No problem. We can edit. Like I was saying, right. Like I was saying before we started, I'm a bit nervous talking about myself because it's normally my daughter who is the star of everything. So, um, our journey into special needs world started when Luna was three months old, when we received her diagnoses, um, that were at the time we were given them, they were all life-threatening. She's going to pass away at any moment. Um, so it was very like throw you into the deep end of the situation. Um, and we've been through a really hard journey with Luna, but we feel like we're on the other end of the journey right now, at least with stabilization of her health. Um, and so we're really settling into what special needs parenting is for us now that things aren't on, you're not like on the edge of our seat 
um, hospice journey type thing. Now we're kind of settling into the normalcy of parenthood for us. Yeah. I imagine it's uh, switched things up a little bit to adding a four month old into the picture. Yeah, definitely. I was like, well, that's actually funny. It doesn't sound, obviously we know it's not easy to have a newborn. So how has that it, I guess, cause you're kind of saying like, we're settling into the normalcy. Like, how do you feel like having him has helped with that or has it? Well, it's definitely harder having two than having one. And it, I think it helped us in so many ways. I think it has brought, I guess, I don't know. It's hard for me to answer this because the, my two children are are so different and so alike. Um, we've never had a healthy four month old. So life kind of took a turn at three months for Luna, um, when our journey really changed. And so while I'm not a first time mom, I am a first time mom for a handful of things and the changes in the dynamic of parenting, um, an able-bodied child and a disabled child, Um, I think for Luna, it's been phenomenal to add her brother to our family. She has somebody who's on her level, who she's watching hit milestones. So she's seeing them being done by a baby instead of her therapists or myself doing it. It helped me get into even better schedule with Luna having a baby that's needing to be on a schedule and having routine in the mix. Um, I think it just makes it more fun. The day goes by much faster with two of them. I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. Uh, My husband and I always joke going from one to two is like exponential, like amount of work versus just doubling it. Yeah. (laughs) I know we're focusing not on Luna, but I'm just so uh, curious. How have you seen her grow since she became a big sister? Or have you? Oh, yeah, so much so. So there's a lot of healing that's going on with Luna simultaneously to her brother joining our family. Uh, So I I can't really say what one has to do with another or if there's overlap there. But Luna's awareness, her playfulness has just increased so much so since her brother has joined our family. Uh, They love to play together while she's having floor time, although she's a very typical two-year-old and sometimes finds her brother to be very annoying. (laughs) And (laughs) so um, it's just like I said, it's really cool. I have siblings myself, so it's cool to see Luna getting to experience what siblinghood brings, even some of the annoying parts of it too. And so I like to think that she's getting to experience all of these beautiful parts of siblinghood that I got to experience that shaped part of, you know, who I am. And now she'll have her brother, like I said, to watch, to guide her, to challenge her, uh, to support her. And it was, that was a huge part of why we decided to grow our family um, so that our children could experience all that siblinghood has to bring. Yeah. And I've shared it on the podcast before, but for the first time listeners, um, so my son, uh, is a survivor of brain tumor. And so it's funny as I look at Luna's, uh, story and just, you know, the diagnoses, I guess I have a, like a kindredness to somebody that has impact to the brain. Um, and, but also that I was 10 weeks pregnant with my third son at the time of my son Levi's brain tumor diagnosis. Wow. So while it was horrible 
to be pregnant during that time and not maybe ideal in some regards. I've always been so thankful that I was already on the journey of having a third child because I feel like he did bring so much, like a much, much needed, like bright spot to a very, very dark season. Uh, and it was a very long, dark season. And so uh, I can only imagine, you know, just what your experience has been having a son added to your family and kind of just how it changes the dynamics and in, in my opinion, in a very nice way. Oh yeah. Such a beautiful way. And um, we got pregnant with Atlas pretty quickly after Luna's shunt surgery, which saved her life. So it's mm-hmm. like, as soon as the weight of the world was lifted off of our shoulders, the universe said, Oh, here's another one. You're ready for that. <laughs> and I think it's just, like I said, it's, it's a beautiful addition to our family for us. It wasn't so much that bright spot in the darkness. We had already had Luna's life-saving surgery, but to us, it just expanded our love so much um, and gave Luna, like I said, the opportunity to feel what it feels like to have a sibling and uh, which is a completely different relationship to a friendship or a partnership um, and the way that your siblings challenge you and support you. We we're just so hopeful for that, for her brother adding to our family. Yeah. I don't know if I'll say it exactly right, but you know, a lot of people feel uncomfortable when they see someone with special needs. And so they kind of act weird or different towards them. And mm-hmm. they say that if you want to know how to treat a child with special needs, watch their sibling because <laughs> they don't go easy on them. They do all the things <laughs> that siblings do and they don't see I don't want to say they don't see the disability, but they don't change the way that they relate to them because of their disability. And so anyhow, uh, I'm sure as you watch Atlas grow, I love that name, by the way, Atlas and Luna. Wow. Okay. So thanks for sharing about that. And congratulations on becoming a mother again. And you have so many intriguing things going on in your life. And (laughs) I, I love, okay. So tell us first. So you're an advanced Reiki master. I really only became familiar with Reiki in the last, I don't know, maybe two years. And even I'm not that familiar with it. I get the concepts and it's just very intriguing. So I would love for you to share a little bit about that part of your life. Absolutely. So I'm sorry, just pause for a second. I just want to give a shout out to how badass you are that for those of you that aren't uh, seeing (laughs) Robin, Straight up is was breast pumping while we were recording and is changing that out like a ninja. And I was like, that is ultimate momhood. Sorry, I just had a thank you. I appreciate that. It is definitely hard work to be full-time pumping and breastfeeding um for both Luna and Atlas. So um, but it's like the biggest joy in the world to me to be able to give Luna my breast milk again. So yeah, thank you. gosh, that's amazing. Brilliant. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Side note. Oh, let's no go back worries. to Reiki. <laughs> right. So Reiki, um, I'll try not to get emotional as I'm talking about this because Reiki has been so monumentous, monumentous, monumental. That wasn't a word. That Either first one, one I said, <laughs> I like monumental in our journey with Luna. So I knew about Reiki kind of from 
being in nursing school and right after nursing school, I was like a home health aide to a gentleman who was passing of cancer. Um, and I would take him to Reiki sessions. I would watch him go from being very grumpy and not wanting to fight anymore to be here or just live through the experience that he was having to like his battery completely being recharged, his cup being full. And at the time I have no idea what energy work is and was very conventional in my thinking. And I just watched it happen and didn't really think much of it. Fast forward to Luna's diagnosis. And, um, we were pretty much left in the cold after Luna's diagnosis. We were kind of kicked out of the hospital. We didn't have insurance. No hospice would take us on in the beginning. And we were really alone in it all. And, uh, we had to try to find something to help us keep afloat through this. And suddenly Kevin, my previous patient, um, popped into my head and I remembered what Reiki did for him on his hospice journey. And so we found a Reiki master where we were living in Indianapolis at the time and thus really began our journey with Reiki. And it was life-changing at this time, this woman, this Reiki master that we met with uh, and Luna's chiropractor in Indiana were the only people who didn't drop us at the wayside in like the medical community, in in the support community, um, when you're going through something like this with a child and the experiences that we had with Lynn, our Reiki master, were life-changing. Um, they helped us understand this journey of, at the time we thought, losing our child and all the whys that you have behind why you're going through this, um, why Luna, why us connecting with our higher selves, discovering gifts in myself that I knew I already had, but didn't really know what they were or what I was experiencing. And it really just gave us this support, this lifeline to hang on to that connected us with the higher power, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, that was bigger than us and Luna spiritually that gave us something to hold on to thinking after she's gone, we still have this and we still have this connection with her. Fast forward to us moving back to Las Vegas, where we're both from. And we had only just moved to Indiana a few months before Luna was born. Um, we couldn't find a Reiki master here who was affordable, who uh, we felt practice Reiki the way that we were used to. And Luna was getting sicker and sicker. So we couldn't bring her out of the house anymore. So trying to find someone who would come to us, who would gift us Reiki the way we were used to. Cause I was going to say, this is all basically she's two and a half. So like the last year plus of her life has been COVID. Right. And so how that would have impacted everything. So keep going. Yeah. So this all was pre COVID. This was still 2019 when we okay, moved to Las Vegas, I ended up finding, um, a Reiki master who came to the house and was willing to teach me Reiki. So I thought I'm just going to pay to learn Reiki so I can give it to her all day, every day. If I want to really having no idea at that point, how much it was still going to change our lives with me in the future, becoming a Reiki master teacher. And, um, so I learned Reiki for Luna and started giving her Reiki all the time and giving 
my husband Reiki and our dog Reiki and myself Reiki. And through that, just discovering so much healing for all of us and strength and understanding in the dying process. And, um, like I said, connecting to our higher selves and so much spiritual growth through all of that. And then knowing how much it helped our family through our, our time in being in the worst of our hospice journey, I pretty quickly knew that I wanted to go further with this and become, so at first I just learned level one and two, there are three basic levels of Reiki one, two, and mastership. And then there's advanced Reiki master teaching where you become a teacher of Reiki. Um, and I have all of those. So I became a master and then wanted to become a teacher because I want other families in this special need world whether they're in the hospice journey or not, to know that there are tools that you have, you can have yourself to not only help yourself through all of the twists and turns that are on your journey, your mental health, your spirituality on top of that, but to help your children, the affected ones and the non-affected ones, your husband, your family members. It's just such a beautiful gift to give yourself kind of taking some of the power back that almost gets pulled from you when you're in a situation like this. So it's really changed our lives a lot, opened us up in so many ways to see so much beauty and been a huge part of how I've been able to stay so positive and stay in the light with Luna on our journey. Really intriguing. I think the, the line you said about it's helped you feel like you're taking your power back in this journey. So yeah. as far as so you kind of said, okay, like you were more conventional and I would say like, oh, I was, yeah. you know, more conventional, like that's definitely like my roots. And, and even now, like, I think for, um, some of the different kind of more energy healing modalities, some of us are like, Oh, spirit, like energy, bad, like not bad, but like, Oh, energy, like, um, different. And so, and a lot of us are like different bad and, or, you know, like it's unfamiliar. So I think for me, I totally understand this. Like I said, I used to be completely like in the medical world, completely conventional driven, having gone to nursing school and uh, honestly thinking that this was all a bunch of woohoo BS. And, And then you're in such a desperate situation, trying to understand what the heck is going on. You've had your entire world turned upside down. I think it opens you to at least being curious about these kinds of things. I really, I wanted to know that when at the time we thought Luna was going to die. So when Luna died, I wanted to know that I still was connected with her. I wanted to know that there was more past this physical world and a a lot of the energy work Reiki included, um, it is really grounded in science. Um, and so for me, that's what I clung to at first reading all the books that were scientifically based in what energy work is and how it's been studied and proven, um, you know, that energy can travel the distance that we all are just energy. And I think really experiencing it firsthand, having an experience where you are, it's unequivocal that I've connected with something higher. And for some people it's, it's God energy. 
it's some people, they don't feel comfortable calling it God. They feel comfortable calling it the universe or source energy, whatever you want to call it. You're tapping into that higher power, that NIST that connects us all as human beings. And, uh, for me, I really took experiencing all of this to believe that it was real. And then myself, even after becoming a um, a master and starting to give Reiki sessions to people who weren't my friends and family. It also took it, it, hearing their experiences of what they were experiencing while I was building Reiki for them and really being like this, wow, this is amazing. This is healing on such a deeper level than medicine can reach. And it's not that medicine should be kicked out of the, the equation. This is just a beautiful addition to add into your medical journey like I said, in a way where you are taking the driver's seats, you're not going to necessarily a doctor for all the answers. You're going to somebody who maybe at first you're using a practitioner to help you get to these places spiritually. But it is my hopes that any person who comes to me and experiences Reiki, something sparks inside them that they want to learn this for themselves and and dig deeper into it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, a couple points of just curiosity. Uh, first is separating out religion from like how you would define spirituality. Because for me, like, so my faith background is I'm Christian. So for me, my comfort level is the higher level or the higher power I would call God. And so, and I think also like for me, because like, I definitely believe in the spiritual forces, the spiritual world that also I'm very cautious of like, which spirit I am offering. Yeah. Right. Thank you. That's a great way of saying so, it. So this is something that I think a lot of people are really nervous about with Reiki. Reiki has nothing to do with religion. It is not a religious practice at all whatsoever. You can be Christian or another faith and still practice Reiki. You're connecting with God, you're connecting with that higher power. For some people who are not religious, it makes them really uncomfortable to call this higher power God. So they want to call it the universe or source energy. Really, Reiki is very similar to going into like a meditative prayer where you're really focusing on your prayer work. You are connecting with God. You are asking for advice, guidance, information to God. Reiki does a lot of the same thing, for, but we take religion out of the equation while we're talking about this because you don't have to hold one faith or another. You can have no religion whatsoever and still connect with this higher power. Um, I think it's a beautiful way to connect deeper with God. And for a lot of my clients who are very religious, they find this strengthening of their connection to whatever they call it, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus. And for others who are not religious, it gives them a sense of spirituality. So spirituality to me has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with our connection to our spiritual selves, our higher selves, the the being that you want to be, that you strive to be, that you hope to be in that space that's not very human. We're like not in your human body and the things you're doing here on this planet, but the bigger you, the the spiritual you. And that growth, whether it's through religion, through connecting with God or through connecting with that energy that connects us all, there's so much spiritual growth there. 
I think it's, a, I mean, I really appreciate the way you've explained it. And I think the other thing I wanted to kind of just um, share as a personal experience is that, so when I was, uh, when I mentioned earlier, I was pregnant uh, at the time of my son's diagnosis and I was getting all sorts of migraines and I of course couldn't take any medication for them. And, you know, he was still inpatient I, in my mind. I was like, I cannot do this with migraines. Like <laughs> this is already really hard. And so I sought out an acupuncturist. And so it was the first time I had really, um, I mean, I'd gone to chiropractors, but anyhow, through this acupuncturist who I still have a very, like, I don't know, she was, she has a very um, special place in my heart. I really first learned the connection of mind, body, spirit. And to me, I was, cause again, more conventional, more came from the, like, it's just a body or I don't even know, like, I don't even think I thought about it or I didn't know that I didn't connect my, like my be my inner being to like, um, like my body didn't necessarily connect to what was happening around me until I was learning about what was happening in my physical body in relationship to what was happening in my emotional and mental being, of course, and then all the other level, like mind, body, spirit working together. And I was just, for me, blown away that I'm like, oh my gosh, like our bodies, like my vernacular would be like, God created, created this complex system that was operating and running and like so much bigger and more complex than I ever get it, gave it credit for. And it was, I'm still learning obviously all the time. And it was just really fun to connect with that. So it sounds like, um, I guess what I'm trying to say in sharing the story is that I, I feel like because of what we've been through, I think as special needs moms, it, it definitely changes, um, where you're, I think it has you think a little bit deeper about yes. what's beyond. And, and I had a, a, a miscarriage at 15 weeks, um, a couple years ago, well, n- more than a couple now, but, um, yeah, and it was devastating. And I think for me, that connection to the spiritual world really brought so much peace in that. Yes. And, and so I think as special needs moms, the connection to spirit, um, and, the way that that holds yourself, I think it's really, really important. Yeah. And I mean, on that note, you just made me think of something as well. And, and another reason why Reiki as my big, like introduction to energy work has helped me so much in my unique journey as a special needs mom, I discovered through Reiki and utilizing energy work on myself going like inward that I can for a lack of better words to use, because there's not really words to put on this, but I can hear and communicate with Luna energetically. And that's something that at first I just thought I was just being wishful thinking. I thought, oh, I'm just thinking these things inside that I wish that she was saying to me or something. And it was through a Reiki experience with our first master that she told me the exact things that I knew I was already experiencing and hearing Luna tell me or hearing Luna tell me. Then she said the exact same thing to me. It was like validation that like, Hey, there's something going on here that, um, is so beautiful to me because Luna doesn't have the ability to communicate with me. And, um, knowing that we have this ability and this gift to connect with each other energetically. So it's not words that she necessarily says to me, but 
the energy that she provides me gives me information that I'm able to somehow, and I don't have the exact description of what's going on between us, but somehow I'm able to translate that to her telling me things, communicating things with me. And that has been, I mean, I don't even have words for what a big gift that is that I was given or discovered between Luna and I, that I believe that as human beings, we all have the potential to tap into that. I was just put in a situation where it was blasted wide open for me because Luna and I needed that avenue. And I know that there are a handful of other people, whether they've had this experience through Reiki or prayer or some other form of energy work, they're able to do this with their loved ones that are nonverbal as well. And I think like for me, that's another huge, amazing gift that's come from this all of this journey into the spiritual world, into diving deeper into energy work for helping Luna. That's kind of like this beautiful silver lining to that situation, discovering that I have this ability with her. Well, I love what you said about believing that actually everybody has the ability. You just became aware of your ability through the need of being able to communicate with your daughter. And here's what's interesting about you just sharing that is like, you know, I I mentioned earlier, I have, you know, some things I wanted to talk about. And number three was, I'm going to read it just because I think it's so fun to be like, um, it says, my sense is that you're able to communicate with Luna because of your attunement to her and your training and like watching you, you guys will get to get to know Robin through Instagram because she posts all sorts of wonderful videos watching you with her. It's very obvious the connection you have and the ability that you like the community like like you said there's not really words for it but it's very clear that you're so attuned to her and what's happening for her both physically and you know mentally that is really actually very moving to watch you guys together thank you yeah so interesting okay so let's see okay so we talked I'm particularly interested in, so we've just talked about how we believe everybody has this ability to kind of connect with, maybe we could call it intuition. I don't know if it is exactly the same thing as intuition, but everybody has intuition. And I think there's a lot of confusion on, is it intuition? Am I making something up? And it makes me think of a lot about, you know, as I'm working with people and I think our culture is very focused on head knowledge and head experience and has a really difficult time kind of dropping into the heart level or even the Mm -hmm. physical body feeling level. I think that, and you know, emotions are felt in our entire, like, seriously, this is funny. I think I've said this on the podcast too. Like it wasn't that long ago that I discovered (laughs) that that's that you feel your body, your emotions in your body. And I was blown away. This is such like a cool, they're not in your head. (laughs) Right. So this is actually ties into, um, energy work, your chakra system. And the fact that you have energy body systems that correlate exactly with your physical body systems. So for example, a lot of people who are empaths, who we're talking about feeling your intuition and knowing the difference between, are you making it up? Or is it like your intuition guiding you? Um, which is also something that I teach. Um, I teach people who are empaths and don't know really what to do with all of this. They feel the world so much differently. They they um, are more in tune with their intuition. And part of what 
I teach with my friend is the difference between intuition and ego. So ego is that voice in your head that's telling you you're making this up. This isn't real. It is your very human side of you that kind of keeps you pulled down here to, to earth. Um, and that humanness of you, your intuition is that small voice inside of you that guides you. It's for some people, it might be, you might call it God. You might call it the Holy spirit. It might be that you're just not realizing that you yourself, while you also are connected to that higher power, have all of this intuition that's guiding you. Some of us more innately know that intuition, um, and can listen to it better. While some of us need a little bit of encouragement and training to understand how to hear our intuition. And I think when we're special needs parents, you're kind of thrown into that more where you have to learn how to follow your mama gut. I like to call it, or if you're a papa, your papa gut and use that as your tuning fork, as your, your true North, because it's, it's always guiding you the right direction. It's just a matter of learning how to listen to it. And what do you think most commonly gets in the way of people hearing and then listening to their intuition? Well, our ego definitely gets in the way that this can't be true. I I'm making this up that definitely blocks you and gets in the way. I think also a lot of people, they just, they don't even know how to listen to their body in the first place. Maybe they're just not feeling well chronically. And so their set point they're used to is just feeling kind of crummy and not realizing that there are subtle communications that your body gives you that you can tune into. And so that chronic yucky feeling can kind of get in the way and almost tune out what the intuition is saying. So learning how to listen to your your body, your intuition more. It's a skill just like learning how to ride a bike. You have to practice tuning in and listening to it, um, which is something that I also like to teach people. About I know. I'm too. like, I think yeah. I'm going to sign up for your class. Well, I've, I've, um, practicing listening to that, I would say I wish we could shout that all day long to everybody, especially special needs moms, because oftentimes there are feelings, emotions that we want to resist. We don't want to mm-hmm. be with the the grief, the sadness, the emotions that are part of life. Yes. And so therefore we resist them and kind of block that off. And unfortunately, the byproduct of that is that we also block off all the other like vibrations in our bodies that are pleasant and are lovely mm-hmm. and are calming. And so yes. we kind of get stuck in this resistance. And so for me, my, my intuition was something that I really discovered and started working on right before we got pregnant with Luna. So I will say that I was having, you know, I had a little bit more experience in this area before connecting with Luna. I think that's why maybe it was so easy for my energetic communication with her to come on board. Cause I had already been working through my abilities to be intuitive and sense into things a little bit before Luna was born, but my intuition, my mama gut was what pushed me to keep pushing, to find somebody to save Luna. 
and this is a, a point I want to make about like putting the parent back into the driver's seat of their medically complex child's needs. Um, I think we get wrapped up in this conventional medicine world where like the doctors are gods and they're the end all be all. And they're, they're just humans who know a little bit more about us in a topic and maybe not even because yes, we I was become the experts in our child's diagnoses, right? Where these doctors see many diagnoses under their umbrella of like neurology or GI. Um, and so I always, I mean, for at that point of all of this happening, really already had the mindset that I am the boss and I hire all of the doctors to work under me. And if they're not serving my daughter, then I'll fire them and find a different doctor. I know not all parents are right there with that, but that's your intuition guiding you there too. If you're feeling, you know, they don't, they don't hold all the cards. I do. And part of my intuition was telling me that all these doctors that were telling us that Luna was dying, that she was going to die and to just let her die were wrong. They were so wrong because Luna was telling me that this wasn't the case. And she was showing us that she was fighting and that she would be killed by not being helped, but she wasn't just going to die from this condition or conditions that she has. And I had so many of the top neurosurgeons in America tell me that she, it was impossible to shunt her. They wouldn't help us. Don't even come to the hospital. We won't help you. Like we can't help her. You just need to like face the inevitable, inevitable. She's going to die. All the while my gut was saying, this is not true. This is not true. Um, and I had so many people along the way tell me that I was crazy for searching for a yes in the sea of no's. And at first I kind of thought that too. I thought I'm going to find some lunatic. It That's the yes. Who's going to say yes, because they're just a lunatic. Because if everybody else is saying no, and these are all trained professionals, then they must be right. But I listened to my gut. I listened to Luna and I, I literally screamed from the rooftops until I found our surgeon who is not a lunatic. Um, he's our earth angel. He's an amazingly skilled neurosurgeon who looked at Luna and saw her for the actual little girl she is and not just the black and white images of her brain. Uh, and said, I mean, I thought we were going to, we were needing to find a maverick who was going to invent a way to help Luna's brain. And instead, all she needed was a shunt this entire time that any one of those neurosurgeons that turned us away could have placed for her. And we would be in a much different situation than we are now. But that whole time I had everybody in my ear close people in our lives too, even a ho our hospice nurse at the time telling me, that I was doing the wrong thing by continuing to fight for somebody to save Luna. Um, and I know I'm not alone in this boat. I know there are other parents who are being told this right now, and it's hard not to surrender to that because it's a lot of work to fight through like your kid dying in front of you and still have the strength to be writing emails and calling people and pushing to try to find the person but had I not listened to my intuition, Luna, well, I mean, I think she would be have passed away by now if she didn't have her shunt surgery. But if she hadn't, she would be endlessly suffering still. And so, yeah, following your intuition, your mama gut, your parent gut is huge and such an important skill to learn as a special needs parent, as a parent of a disabled child. Because oftentimes 
you're their voice and they might not be able to say out loud in English or whatever language you speak to you, like, Hey, I'm fighting. I want to be here. So being able to connect with your intuition, um, which can connect you to their higher power, their, their higher self to hear what their needs, wishes, wants are was life-changing for us. There's so much about what you just shared that I just kept getting the chills. And what I think really struck me was that you were holding an impossible, an impossibility as possible. It takes, it takes an incredible leader to do that. And I like one of my favorite hashtag is mother, motherhood is leadership. And cause I'm all about who you're being as mom is going to be the clearing or the opening for uh, how you support your special needs child, how you support everybody and just how you show up in the world. It's like you had to maintain the belief and the possibility of supporting Luna, even when you got no after or no after no. But my sense is that your being about it was not from a unlistening, un like almost like there's like a picture of like a a demanding, like you will give me my way kind of being like more male energy. I don't know why I'm picturing that. Like somebody mad at the hotel, like that just didn't get the right room, that energy, but it was more like a protest and more like, no, I'm not getting off the bus. Like that's not what, that's not what's supposed to. Yes. And I think too, for a lot of parents who are going through or have gone through something similar, um, as to, to our journey, you're kind of told all along the way to give up hope. And to me, that is such an injustice. I think that anybody along the way in any of these realms and in the hospice world, in the medical world, you know, giving a prognosis, I mean, my opinion about prognoses in the first place um, is not a very good opinion. I don't think they should be even legal for a doctor to give a prognosis because what it does is it squashes hope and hope is what moves mountains. Hope is where miracles lie. And when you give up that hope, you're kind of surrendering too early in the game. I think no parent should give up hope until their child's no longer with them. And then that's when, you know, okay, like it's time to surrender to this next part of the journey. But until that happens, why, why give up hope? Even if it's for one more good day, if it's for one promising lead in a different direction, if it's for the smallest inch stone, why give up hope? And I think that that's the biggest injustice in, in this whole realm of, disabilities and special needs is, you know, like a world without hope is really bleak and really sucks. And it's very easy to get sucked into that pit of doom that I'm sure many, um, special needs or parents of disabled children have felt that, that terrible, terrible, dark spot that, you know, none of us want to stay in, but definitely is there. Um, And just hanging on to that little bit of hope every day, just reminding myself like Luna's still here. And so I'm still going to fight. I'm not going to let up hope that there's somebody out there in this world who's meant to save my daughter. 
And I realized that that's not everybody's journey, their child being saved like Luna. But for me, I knew it was our journey and I was not going to give up hope until she was not here anymore. Again, I didn't think I could get more powerful chills, (laughs) but (laughs) I did. And really the, the words, hope is where miracle lies. I am just so connected to that. I think that as special needs moms, we have to hold the dual reality of the miracle may not happen, but then also hold the same for the miracle may. And that's the hope, right? And that holding, holding hope from an unattached place of like that one doesn't have to happen for me to be okay is I think an ultimate position of like feeling powerful and actually feeling the hope. Otherwise it's just desperation or it's resistance because we know as special needs parents, not all of us have complex medical needs, but in in my son's case, there's been a number of moments where I didn't know if the the phone call on, on the other line from the doctor was going to let me know that my son had passed. And once you go through that experience as a mom, I think it's like, we don't, I don't think about that every day, but that reality exists as I love him every day. And it, it sounds the same thing for you and for Luna that we have to hold those, those realities together. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, there are definitely moments of desperation through our journey. There's definitely moments that I fell into that pit of doom. And if it wasn't for my husband, I wouldn't have been able to climb out of it. Or if it wasn't for Luna reaching out to me, like with her hand in that moment that I, I would have fallen into that space. And that's why energy work has been so monumentally important to our family uh, to help keep us out of those darker spaces to help keep us in the light. Definitely. And as we get close to wrapping up, self-care is something that uh, one of my good friends uh, posted about self-care and like, like what people thought of it. And the vast majority of people, moms specifically were like, eh, don't want it. Or like, they didn't say didn't want it, but they're, when they hear self-care, there was a very large negative uh, experience with it. And my, I was telling her offline this, she was doing this on Instagram. I was like, the reasons why is because I don't think actually moms know what it is. They think it's going to like Tahiti or they think it's getting a pedicure and or having a break from their kids and or having, like and that can like that. be yeah. the, the, the sure those can be. And so, but my sense is because you are well attuned to your physical, spiritual and mental well being. I would love to hear your just thoughts about filling your own cup and what that looks like for you. Yeah. I think what's, I'm sure I'm like any other mom that that's not an area I'm the best at at putting (laughs) myself first. I think that that's what I love about energy work and and not just Reiki is that um, it's a tool that you can learn and gift yourself 
while you're gifting it to somebody else. So giving Reiki treatments to Luna or Atlas or a client, it fills my cup too. It gives me healing being the one who is wielding the Reiki or practicing the energy work that I'm doing. And through that, I feel like I get a lot of that self-care. I mean, one of my things that has nothing to do with energy work that is self-care to me is curling my hair. Like it's my superpower to have my hair curled. (laughs) Well, my hair isn't curled like it normally is today because I left my curling iron at my aunt's for my brother's wedding this weekend. But um, doing my hair and and just having my hair done is kind of like my superpower for the day. That's something that like, I don't curl my hair every day. I just do it in a way where it stays curled for the week, but it, having that done is my thing that I do for myself while I'm going to have a day full of taking care of the kids and my family. That's my non-energy work thing that I do to really make myself feel better throughout the day. But the energy work, like I said, is something that's easy to help you take care of yourself, whether you're going, you know, and having what a distance session of energy work, which is what I do. I don't work with anybody in person, except for my family. Everything I do is at a distance. So for special needs moms or disability moms, you know, it's like, you don't have the time to get up in the car by yourself, go somewhere for an hour and be relaxed knowing like who's taking care of my kids, what's going on. So what I love about this realm is that it's something that you can gift yourself um, without leaving your house, without leaving your children, maybe just take a moment like we're taking today while Atlas is sleeping and the baby is sleeping. It's like easier for you to get in some of that self-care when it's something like that you could do at a distance like that. And it's also something that you can do within, I mean, for yourself within five minutes, 15 minutes, you don't have to take an hour or longer to do it. So I think it's something that a lot of us can learn and it can help us take care of ourselves better so that we can show up bigger for our children and our families. So well said. I think that's (laughs) the idea. Like for me also, self-care is synonymous with self-love that like, actually, if we look at how we express love and how we are as who we're being with our children, if we just actually showed up the same way for us and even just if we thought about ourselves in the same way and gave ourselves as much actual care in just being kind, <laughs> I think we would have a much different experience in having so my shirt says, well, it kind. does say that <laughs> in being kind to ourselves in the same way that we are kind to our children. I think the experience that we would have as mothers would be very different. And I mean, the amount of moms that I'm connected with through the work that I do that are just so spinning and overwhelm and anxiety. Um, it starts with making little small choices to decide that that's not our only option. Just like you decided that, that, and because you knew there was more for Luna, you said no. And like you made a stand and then you went and you figured out how it didn't come the first couple of times. Like you had to work for it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also like, you know, there's not just a switch we're going to put on as moms that magically is going to make everything better, but it's like the seeking and desire of it and, and then saying yes to yourself. So yeah. Anything else you would like to share that's on your heart as we wrap up? not sure. I don't think so. I'm really grateful for this opportunity to talk to you about me. <laughs> and this wasn't as nerve wracking as I thought it was going to be. Told so you. I told yeah. You. <laughs>
I think that people are going to be like, wow, I want to know more. And so what's the best way for people to connect with you? On Instagram. That's really our, our main place that we are. Um, we are called the empathic nutritionist. That is my old name from when I was being a nutritionist and also working with energy work. Um, but that's Luna and I's page. And we talk a lot about energy work and my life, our life together. Um, and that's where I have all information about uh, learning Reiki or having a Reiki session, or if you're an empath, learning about how to navigate the world as an empath, learning those skills about your intuition and stuff like that. I also share a lot of recipes still, and now we're transitioning Luna onto the blenderized diet. So I'm sharing recipes for those meals as well for to be fed kids who eat blendered up food. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of to be parents that listen to the podcast. So I think, um, I, that's not my personal experience, but I know that, uh, watching somebody else do it, learning from them, it's probably very helpful and inspiring. Yes. Right. Um, and so I know I'm like, and we didn't even talk about nutrition, but anyhow, that's that okay. will be, people <laughs> will find uh, everything they need from, from your page there and connect with you. Yes. And Robin, just thank you so much for bringing your beautiful smile to, um, to the yeah. conversation today, but really just your, uh, your realness and, you know, the connection, um, that we got to create today as a result of you being willing to have an uncomfortable conversation on a podcast. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was my honor to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. So there you have it. I encourage you to go check out Robin, connect with her, reach out to her and say, thank you. Thank you for showing up, even though you felt a little nervous at the beginning and let her know that you appreciate the time that she spent investing in this podcast. And again, quick little reminder to go click on the link that are in the show notes to check out the Own Your Story workshop. Take that step. Sign up. See you soon. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.